on my shoulder True players always maintain I'm different, I told ya Don't wanna be just a commodity I'm smarter G This is my life and my soul Not just a job for me It's the truest part of me Fans now mobbing me Fake friends acting like I just won the lottery Back then, I guess it was hard to see The real paradox, what an odyssey It's like that saying Be careful what you pray for, you might get it Of course it's all about winning the money But how far would one let it? Take em. The holy game can make them, then instantaneously break them. Rain one day, sunshine the next. Haters try to stop my flow, sometimes I'm vexed. What's next? Counted by the press, mad stress on my chest. Of course I know that I'm blessed, but here's the test. On any given Sunday, I gotta play my best. One man standing, to me the ball was handed Taking shots and left stranded No defense so they tackle me Every blow brings back a memory Learning lessons from my injury is killing me Cause at first they wasn't feeling me Never given a chance to show my true ability Too many pressures trying to play me out Put me in positions that's sure to lay me out No doubt Washington, D.C. middle-class neighborhood. Clifton's father, Oscar, owned a barbershop and taught his son the value of a great work ethic. Oscar died suddenly in his mid-50s, and Clinton inherited the barbershop after his father's death. Clifton was a fun-loving, good-looking, and well-spoken young man in his mid-20s 
who was the epitome of a playboy. He was also a mama's boy, as his mother Eloise was always taken care of by Clifton after Oscar died. Clifton loved his mama to death and would compare every woman he dated to her. Eloise was constantly meddling in Clifton's personal life, and she drove away several of his girlfriends. All Eloise ever wanted was for Clifton to meet the woman of his dreams and to become a God-fearing man. One day, Eloise introduced Clifton to Reverend Armbruster. Reverend Armbruster became a mentor to Clifton, even though Clifton at first was reluctant. Eventually, Clifton gave a rousing testimony one day at Sunday service. Three years after Oscar died, Eloise also died, leaving Clifton completely devastated. Traumatized by losing both parents, Clifton sold his barbershop and in memory of his mother and through the mentoring of Reverend Armbruster, Clifton enrolls at Morehouse University where he attains where he obtains a degree in theological studies. Hey, you know who this uh, Reverend George Arm Brewster is? Oh, haven't you heard? That's that new young preacher that's helping out Reverend Pickett at the church. And man, they say he is a dynamo. He's gathering up all you young sinners and bringing all of you right back in the church. <laughs> Me? What about you? Oh. And that Freddie Hampton. I mean, he's not just a regular sinner. Freddie's a gourmet sinner. <laughs> I better tell Freddie to watch his step. You got Freddie in the church? Freddie sings in the choir. <laughs> And you could be the next one, Cliff. Oh, not me. No way, no. You see, going to church has to be a personal decision. You can't pressure a guy into doing that. Now, I go to church when I feel like it, and when I don't feel like it, I don't go. So uh, tell Red Mom Blister, or whatever his name is, to stay away from my house. effort to bring young people back into the church, I was thinking of instituting something I call guest prayers to open our services. Oh, I think that's a wonderful idea. And I believe we have a young man right here who would be perfect to lead oh, the program. I realize that my son isn't what you would call a devout churchgoer. I know he's religious in his own way, and I think saying the prayers would be good for him. Sounds like just the type we want to attract back to hey, the church. Wait till I tell her about the hundred big ones I won today. Hey, but I thought Mama frowned on you gambling. Oh, yeah, she does. But she frowns a lot less when I'm winning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who just made a hundred dollars for a minute's work? I oh, hello. <laughs> Reverend Arm Bruce, this is my son, Clifton. This is a pleasure, Clifton. How do you do, Reverend? Clifton, who made a hundred dollars for one minute's work? Uh, Bonnie and Clyde? <laughs> Clifton, what are you talking about? Oh, nothing, Mama. Uh, excuse me. Hold on, Brother Clifton. If you know of any money-making schemes, let me know. Our church could sure use them. I'll be honest with you. Last Sunday, we took in a grand total of $38, dig it? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Reverend, you can always take the $38 and put it down on Gallop and Domino in the third race tomorrow, pay seven to one. <laughs> Clifton! Oh, come on, Mama! The Reverend and I were just joking, right, Reverend? Of course. While the Lord doesn't condone gambling, he doesn't expect all of us to be perfect all the time. Hey, you know, Rev, I like the sound of the Lord's word. However... Not sure about this, however. <laughs> you don't conduct yourself properly in that great horse race of life. You better beware of the Lord's win, place, and show. Now, what's that? You'll win nothing. He'll place you in hell, and he'll show you no mercy. Amen. 
Well, I guess you made your point, Reverend. Now, Mama, what was that good news you had for me? Clifton, the Reverend wants the younger members of the congregation to read the opening prayers at the services. And guess who I suggested to lead off the program next Sunday? Mama, I hope you didn't... Clifton, it's you. You did. <laughs> Brother Clifton, this should be quite an honor. Can I count on you? Well, Reverend, I, uh, I'd really like to give it some thought. Fine. How soon will you let me know about Sunday? How's Monday? <laughs> Saturday? Good. Well, I really must be going. Nice meeting you, Clifton. Good to meet you, too, Reverend Armbuster. I must apologize for my son's behavior, Reverend. Maybe you should get somebody else to read the prayer. Nonsense. Clifton's not as ferocious as he seems. Remember, once he's in church, even a lion can turn into a lamb. Mm, that's a switch. Throwing a lion to the Christians. <laughs> Very good, Mrs. Curtis. I must remember to use that one in my sermon. <laughs> Goodbye now. Goodbye. Well, I guess I'll see about dinner. Mama? I guess dinner can wait. <laughs> all right, Mama. What is this all about? Clifton? I'll tell you what this is all about. You volunteered my services without consulting me. Mama, why did you do it? Clifton? I'll tell you why you did it. You did it to trick me into doing something that I didn't want to do. Mama, I resent this, and I want to talk to you about it. Fine, as soon as you finish talking to yourself. <laughs> Mama. Okay, Clifton, you made your point. You don't want to do it. Mama, it so happens I have other things planned for Sunday. Like what? Breaking all the commandments you didn't break on Saturday? <laughs> Mama, what I do on Sunday my only day off happens to be my business. Does your business have to begin with the letter pool and end with the letter hall? <laughs> Mama, you and I both know a whole lot of folks who go to church every Sunday and go to hell every Monday. <laughs> At least I'm not a hypocrite. Besides, I go to church sometimes. I know. You're very consistent. You go to church regularly every Easter and Christmas. <laughs> Ah, Mama, you know I know all my prayers, and I've read the Bible. But there's something I got to tell you. And believe me, something I've given a lot of thought to. I think I might have leanings towards agnosticism. Agnosticism? Agnosticism. That's the belief of one who's an agnostic. Well, as long as you believe in God, I don't care what you are. <laughs> Mama, you don't understand. You see... An agnostic is one who has doubts. About what? About the existence of a supreme being. Sometimes an agnostic feels that there is, and sometimes he feels that there isn't. Then sometimes when he feels that there isn't, he gets the feeling that maybe he should feel that there is. Do you understand? Sometimes I think I do, and sometimes I think I don't. <laughs> well, let me put it this way. Mama... Clifton, are you trying to tell me that there is no God? Oh, no, I'm not saying there's no God. Well, thank heavens for that. Then again, I'm not saying there is. You're a fool. I... <laughs> Mama, isn't it conceivable that, that somebody can have doubts or be unsure about things? Certainly. I'm not sure about a lot of things. But there's one thing I am sure. I'm sure you're a fool. <laughs> but then again, maybe I'm not. Clifton, <laughs> where are you getting all of these weird ideas? I've been discussing theology with uh, one of my professors at Federal City College. 
Do you mean to tell me that your teacher is an agnostic? No, he's an atheist. <laughs> Clifton, I've had enough of this. Now, I want you in church on Sunday. Mama, I will decide what I'm going to do on Sunday. Clifton, I'm serious. So am I. Young man, now you just march on over there to that phone. Now, Mama. Go on up. Pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. <laughs> now, you dial the church. And you tell the Reverend that you're going to read that prayer on Sunday. Earl, tell side pocket Sidney that quick stick Curtis will be participating in his services at the pool hall Sunday morning. Brother Earl, do you have the results of the fifth race? Yep. Sounds like bad news. <laughs> Don't tell me my horse lost. Bye bye, Blackbird. <laughs> Should have told you not to sing it to me either. Uh, Cliff, what's been happening to your fantastic luck lately? Huh? Earl, not you too. Look, my luck's been great up to now, so it turned a little sour. It'll pick up again. I know it. Freddie Hampton told me that he was taking out Claudia Frazier tonight. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Claudia's not going out with Freddie tonight. Oh, yeah, 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 yes, she is. <laughs> but Claudia's supposed to be going with me to the drive-in tonight, not with Freddie. Man, how long is this bad luck gonna go on? Earl, tell me something, man. What do you do when things go wrong? <laughs> I turn to the man upstairs. Wow, I didn't know you were that religious. I'm talking about Mr. Jackson on the third floor. <laughs> He's a bartender, knows everything. <laughs> You know, I'm usually charging out, looking for a good time, but I thought for a change, I'd just, you know, stay home tonight. Sit back, relax, chew some bubble gum, watch Lawrence Welk, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. You couldn't get a date. <laughs> okay, so everybody in town knows I lost my chick to Freddie Hampton. You lost the cards? You lost your girl? And you lost your faith. I can't wait to see what you lose next. All right, Mama. Now, suppose I say there is a God. And I prayed to him right now. Would that change anything? If you're sincere, it might. But if you're not, God help you, Clifton. Now, Mama, if a person isn't sure about God, how can he pray to him sincerely? And if he can't pray to him sincerely, how can he pray to him at all? Clifton, the subject of religion is hereby closed. Fine with me, Mama. I don't want to mention it. I don't want to be reminded of it either. Oh, this should take my mind right off religion. <laughs> What's happening, Brother Clifton? You got it, Rev. Good evening, Mrs. Curtis. Hello, Reverend. What a pleasant surprise. I was in a neighborhood. I thought I'd stop in and get Clifton's decision. How about it, Brother Clifton? You gonna read the prayer for us tomorrow? Clifton's not gonna do it. Mama, may I please speak for myself? I do believe I'm old enough and mature enough to make my own decisions. Reverend, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> but why? Clifton doubts the existence of God. Is that all? <laughs> Mrs. Curtis, everybody doubts the existence of God at one time or another. They do? Of course. How old are you, Clifton? Uh, going on 26. Can I let you in on a little secret? 
Oh, when I was your age, I had some slight doubts myself. Well, how old are you now? 27. <laughs> Brother Clifton, from a logical, intellectual point of view, one can doubt anything. But belief in God is based on faith. And the whole essence of prayer is to reaffirm that faith. Man, I want you to give that prayer tomorrow for your sake. You think it'll help my luck at the track? <laughs> now, that has nothing to do with it. I don't want you there with that purpose in mind. Neither do I. Oh, I'll get it. Clifton, Clifton, guess what? Side pocket Sydney is laying five to one odds that he's gonna beat you on Sunday in pool. <laughs> now, even with your rotten luck, I'm taking them odds. Oh, man. Oh, baby. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it's your choice, Clifton. What's it gonna be? Heaven? Oh, hell. Clifton, I want to tell you how proud I was of you this morning in church. Thank you, Mom. Things are going to be a lot better from now on. God's looking out for you. Oh, yeah? And how come when I was reading the prayer, I dropped the Bible? <laughs> Just keep the faith and trust in the Lord. Lord? I'll lay you five to one. You knocked that Bible out of my hand. <laughs> but you probably did it so that the words of prayer would come from my heart. If that was your plan, Lord, it worked. Reading thy holy word in your house sure makes a person feel a lot better. And I just want to thank you. After becoming an ordained minister... Clifton, in honor of his mother, changes his name to Reuben Gregory, as Gregory was Eloise's maiden name. Reverend Gregory, as Curtis was now known, eventually becomes the pastor of the first community church in Philadelphia. Reverend Gregory no longer was a playboy as he took his ministry seriously. Reverend Gregory is always giving advice to his deacon, Ernest Fry. Deacon Fry was an ambulance-chasing lawyer who constantly needed the good minister's help in bailing him out of one jam after another. After a few years, Reverend Gregory begins dating Ernest's daughter, Thelma. Finally, Reverend Gregory finds the type of woman that his mother would have approved of. Trustees of the First Community Church of Philadelphia is now in session. Deacon Ernest Fry presiding. This meeting has been called to interview candidates for the job of minister. How many candidates do we have? One. Well, let's start with him. Have you seen him preach? Mm-hmm. How was he? Seen better. Seen worse. Seen much better. Seen much worse. Seen much, much better. Bring him in. Uh, Reverend Reuben Gregory. I'm Deacon Ernest Fry, church president and chairman of the Board of Trustees. Sister Cassia Hedderbrink, Sister Amelia Hedderbrink, Brother Roy Forbes, and of course you met Sister Thomas, who will be taking the minutes. Reverend Gregory? Thank you. Do you mind a few questions? Not at all. Reverend, could you start by telling us a little about your educational background? 
I have a Bachelor of Arts degree from Morehouse College, and I have a Master of Religious Education from Yale Divinity School, and I have a doctorate in Christian Studies from Union Theological Seminary. Do you believe in God? <laughs> yes, I do. Good. Have you ever been arrested? <laughs> Once. For picketing against racism outside the South African Embassy. Mm. Well, as long as you paid your debt to society. Are you married or single? Single. I'm ready to vote. One last question. No. Will you excuse me, please? My daughter's outside. Be right back. Thelma, I'm in the middle of an important meeting. Something wrong? No. Well, I gotta get back to the meeting. Okay, tell me what happened, but tell me fast. I can't tell it fast. You have to tell it fast. I'm hiring a new minister. Okay. Well, an hour ago, Sidney drove over. And then he honked his horn, and I ran out, and then he rolled down his window and said he just married Muriel Newton. And then he drove away with those little tin cans rattling behind his car. I love him, and I'm never going to see him again. Oh, take it easy, Thumb. What's so bad? It's not as if... As if what? As if I haven't been jilted 20 times in the last 10 years? Because if that's what you're going to say, I don't know what I'll do. I swear, I might go crazy right here. Oh. <laughs> I know it's tough, but I got a hot prospect today. Could I help you pick up the pieces later, huh? Okay. Let's hurry. My daughter got dumped. <laughs> One last question. Reverend, you understand that the Board of Trustees has the last say on all church policy? Well, I've always lived according to my own conscience, and I don't intend to change that now. I don't think I'd really be doing my job if I always pleased the Board of Trustees. What? Deacon, I'm really here for one purpose only, and that's to serve the Lord. That is the most narrow-minded view of religion I've ever heard. <laughs> Let's vote. Reverend Gregory, if you'll step outside, this won't take long. coming in here with this holier-than-thou attitude. He does not have a holier-than-thou attitude. He just has a holier-than-you attitude. <laughs> well, I say we dumped this jailbird so fast, his head swimming. All in favor. Now you just hold your horses. <laughs> I like him. I do, too. Mm -hmm. I think he's just the kind of pastor we've been looking for. I can't believe you're serious. I most certainly am. I am, too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, I don't like he won't jump every time you sneeze. Exactly. Deacon, you picked the last five ministers we've had, and you see where that got us. Indeed. We're lucky to still have a congregation left. Well, you can't hire him unless we got a majority of the board. Brother Forbes, that means your vote decides it. Now, you for the new minister or against him? Right. You want that viper in our midst or not? You let him speak for himself, you hear? <laughs> now, Brother Forbes, how you vote? Don't rush him. Let him think. How you vote? <laughs> Come on, which is it, for or against?
four. Shut up! <laughs> we the one, Deacon. You lose. Go on, Deacon. Tell that man he's got the job. Mm -hmm. Tell him. <laughs> Tell him. <laughs> Tell him. <laughs> Reverend Gregory, congratulations. And welcome to the First Community Church of Philadelphia. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the other three didn't want you, but I talked them into it. <laughs> I'll get you some coffee. Uh, tea, please. Sure. Oh, Mrs. Russell. Michelle, if the pastor isn't busy, you think you'd have a few minutes? Oh, of course. Come on in. Please, have a seat. What is it you wanted to see me about? You want to tell him? Or should I? No, you tell him. Every time I talk about it, it me on the back of the head. That's because you laugh about it. It's not something you laugh about. Well, I can't help it. I don't mean to. It's just that every time I talk about it, it makes me happy and I laugh. Talk about what? What makes you happy? Well, all these colleges was trying to recruit me. And it got so crazy dealing with them. Deacon said he'd take care of it for me. And what's the problem? He got me an offer $20,000. <laughs> Don't laugh. $20,000? Under the table. $20,000. <laughs> Don't laugh. This is serious business we're talking about. <laughs> you can't take that money. Well, the deacon already has a check for me. I'm supposed to pick it up at his house tonight. But maybe if I go and have a talk with the deacon, I can get you out of this. That's a lot of money, Reverend. I don't know if I want to get out of this. All right. It's your life, young man. You make your own decisions. I don't want to have any more to do with it. Oh, Mama, don't feel like that. You want to make me happy? Then do one thing for me. Before you take that money, listen to what the Reverend here has to say. Okay. Hug me, boy. <laughs> He's not gonna change my mind. guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I know you still feel down about Sydney, so I bought your present to cheer you up. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, I feel great. I got Marvin Russell's check right here for $20,000. Yeah, I did something terrific for the Russell family. And I really stuck it to that college guy. You should have seen his face. What kind of present is this? <laughs> you don't like it? I don't want a briefcase. I don't need a briefcase. I don't have a job. <laughs> what kind of gift? This is criticism. <laughs> Sorry you don't like the present. You didn't buy this for me. You bought this for yourself. How can you say that? It has your initials on it. <laughs> All you have to do is think about yourself. I don't know why I put up with you. Thelma, Thelma, Thelma. Now, before this gets out of hand, you got to remember, I'm still your father, and I love you, and you're still my daughter, right? Hmm? Right. 
But it sure is tough sometimes. <laughs> oh, that must be Marvin coming for his check. Coming! Marvin! <laughs> Reverend, I didn't expect to see you. <laughs> Thelma, come out and meet our new minister. <laughs> Reverend Rudy Gregory, this is my daughter Thelma. Nice to meet you, Reverend. Nice to meet you, too. Nobody told me you were stopping by tonight. <laughs> well, we'll have to stop holding hands now. I'll need them to close my robe. <laughs> now, what's this all about? Marvin cannot take payoff money to play college basketball. Huh? Did you tell him how much we're getting? 20,000. <laughs> That's right. And I got the check right here. And it's against the rules. Of course it's against the rules. Because who makes the rules? The same people that are going to use him to fill up their stadiums. The same people who make millions and millions of dollars over TV contracts. The same people who get all of those kids to play for free and then turn right around and invest their profits in gold mine stocks in South Africa. Right. Thank you, thank you. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing, Marvin. You may never see this kind of money again. Now, all you gotta do is sign right here on the back, and it's all yours. Marvin, you, you can't do this. What do you know? You're a minister. Well, that's the first thing you got right today. What kind of look was that? I saw that look. Come on, show me that look again. You think he looked at you like this, right? But he did. He looked at you like this. Stand up, young man. I'm talking to you. Marvin, this isn't about rules or about money. It's about you. If you take that money, I just don't believe it's just another dumb kid who's gotten himself corrupted by the system. See, because you're no dumbbell. You know it's wrong. You tear up that check, you can remind us all that there's still hope for a decent world where people don't have to lie and cheat and misuse each other for profit. Where 17 is still too young to sell out. Your mother believes in that kind of a world. You're her life. But you take that money, you make her a failure. Well, the choice is yours. You get to decide here and now what kind of man you're going to be. <laughs> Should have got it in cash. Nobody rips up cash. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. I know you were thinking what was best for me. I better go home and start looking for another college to go to. Stop by the church tomorrow. I can help. I really can. You took money out of that kid's pocket. How do you sleep at night? <laughs> Deacon, it's only been one day, but I'm afraid it's going to be impossible for us to work together. 
Oh, you're quitting. I was thinking you should quit. Let's get something straight. I was born in that church, and I'm going to die in that church, and that's the only way anybody's getting me out. Then I guess I'll see you in Bible class tonight. You bet you'll see me in Bible class tonight. <laughs> Look forward to it, Deacon. myself at that man's feet. <laughs> Don't you ever give one thought to anybody other than yourself? I don't know how I put up Guy, sometimes I think you're the only one that understands that I'm really a great guy. <laughs> After Thelma gives birth to their first child, the Gregories move to Miami, where Reverend Gregory becomes the pastor of a massive church in Liberty City. Haunted by the massive cr crime rate in Miami, Reverend Gregory becomes an activist for social change and eventually is elected mayor of Miami. During his mayoralty, Reverend Gregory is constantly butting heads with the owner of the Miami Pro Football franchise, the Sharks, and owner Christina Pagniacci. Pagniacci continually threatens to move the franchise to Los Angeles if the mayor doesn't convince the city council to pass a measure giving Pagniacci and the Sharks a brand new stadium financed solely by taxpayer money. Finally, after years of haggling, the mayor and city council finally give in to Pagniacci's demands for a new taxpayer-funded stadium. Unfortunately for Pagniacci, the good news is short-lived as her Hall of Fame coach Tony D'Amato and star quarterback Willie Beeman announced at that same press conference that they both are leaving the Sharks to go to the league's brand-new franchise in Albuquerque, New Mexico. 22 years later, Reverend Gregory is enjoying retirement with his wife of 31 years, Thelma, back in the house he grew up in, Washington, D.C. Brother. I couldn't help overhearing that Christina conversation. Oh, same old story, man. Owners crying broke. You ever met an owner who ain't losing money? <laughs> it's like they make extra sure they lose money. <laughs> you know, I wish I had a fraction of stadium rights. I mean, I would take concessions, I'd take parking, I'd take tickets, because that's where the real bread is at. And now they've invented these naming rights and PSL. It's tricky, dude, but we don't have the money for a new stadium. 
You're just going to have to fight through it until you have a successful season. That's the reality. Lady Di thinks she's going to pull the wool over my eyes and go to L.A. Yeah, I uh, did say hear something about that. She ain't going nowhere. You hang tight, Mike. Either way, you got a job here for a long time to come. That's good to know, Tom. Even the dogs are sad, he said. Well, it's been way too long not to win a big one. San Francisco sure took care of that for us, didn't it? Um, in football, as in life, things change. So I guess it's time for me to get the hell out of the way, bring in the new. I like Nick Crozier. I think he's going to do a great job. Nick. But most of all, I want to thank the people of Miami for their support over the last 20 some odd years. Gee, it just flew by. It's really meant a lot to me. <laughs> yeah. It meant everything to me. I've had a great, great ride, believe me. And, uh, and I'm going to miss you. He's an arrogant son of a victim. I'm going to miss him. But uh, in thinking about change, I don't know, I felt uh, maybe it was time for me to make a change, too. And it was Willie Beeman taught me how to give it another shot. So, uh, starting today, I'm gonna take over as head coach for that new expansion team in Albuquerque, New Mexico, the Aztecs. Why? Why do you say? Because they're giving me full management control, but hoping not to make a complete fool of myself out there. I just signed Willie Beeman as my starting quarterback and franchise player for the Aztecs. So, uh, so, Miss P, I'm looking forward to seeing you next season across those sidelines. So long. Au revoir. See you when the clouds come home. Especially you, baby. Smoking cigars on me now. Hollywood Story Part 20 Lisa Wilkes was always the perfect daughter Growing up in South Central Los Angeles Lisa, who was affectionately called Brandy by her friends Was a straight A student who stayed out of trouble And always helped her mother out Even after Brandy's parents divorced At the age of 12 A young boy named Trey moved in with his father Furious Across the street from her house Brandy and Trey became childhood sweethearts, and despite, and despite Trey's insistence that they have sex, Brandy was trying to save her virginity until she got married. The couple both lost their virginity to one another the day Trey was harassed and threatened by a black LAPD officer. 
Trey was so emotionally was so emotional over being victimized by the officer that Brandy comforted him, resulted in the couple having sex for the very first time. The next day, Trey's best friend, Ricky, is murdered, and Brandy goes to Furious to try and stop Trey from gaining revenge. Trey changes his mind about revenge and instead focuses back on graduating from high school. Both Brandy and Trey graduate and go off to Atlanta to attend college. Brandy at Spelman and Trey at Morehouse. While attending college at the same time, the couple appear to be very happy until Brandy finds out that Trey was harboring a dirty secret. He was having a homosexual affair with his biology professor. When Brandy found out, she immediately broke up with Trey and moved back to California, this time to live with her father. While back in Los Angeles, Brandy, now going by her birth name Lisa, meets a young, good-looking man named Will Smith. The two are immediately smitten with each other and begin a torrid love affair. They attempt to elope to Las Vegas, but they were interrupted so many times during the wedding that they postponed the wedding. Then, after having a huge wedding set, midway through the ceremony, Will and Lisa call off both the wedding and their engagement. 
Shockingly, Will's mother and Brandy's father, who had just met and slept together for the first time the night before, decide to get married instead. The night ended with not only Will and Lisa no longer together, but they were now stepbrother and stepsister. <laughs> Lucy, I'm home. Hey, baby. No, Lucy, don't even try. You cannot be in the show. <laughs> hey, girl. Mm. Man, what does that smell? Oh, it's my chicken stew. Girl, exactly what part of that chicken are you cooking? <laughs> Come here, boy. I want you to taste it. Why? I'm, I'm, I mean, I'd love to, baby. <laughs> I made it especially for you. Oh, thank you. Kids. Okay, let's um, let's try role reversal. Uh. <laughs> It'll help give you insight into how your partner perceives you. Now, uh, who'd like to go first? Oh, I'd like to. Oh, great, Lisa. Show us Will. done. <laughs> I believe it's my turn. Go ahead, Will. Oh, excuse me. Um, can, can I borrow this for a second? Thank you. I'm, going, oh, hey! I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You want some popcorn? <laughs> Why are you screaming? Well, I'm supposed to be a cook. I'm supposed to be a cleaner. I'm supposed to do everything you want. What you gonna do? <laughs> Listen, you need to stop acting so stupid. You need to get a job and do something. So you can buy me something nice. You ain't never bought me nothing nice. You just be acting all dumb. And why are you talking about your uncle all the time? He ain't fat. He is big bone dick. <laughs> And I thought I had it bad. <laughs> and it's about to get worse. Lisa, after her relationship with Will ended, begins a modeling career and eventually moves to Cincinnati where she begins dating an undercover cop named Jeff. 
Jeff was under deep cover to bring down the Cincinnati drug lord, God Gittins. Jeff was deep under, Jeff was so deep under that he began to lose sight of being a police officer and instead more of a ruthless gangster. Lisa, despite the danger Jeff was in, did what she could to keep him from completely losing touch with reality. Finally, when the sting operation ends with the Cincinnati Police Department attempting to arrest Gittins, Jeff is torn between arresting Gittins or protecting him from the police. Eventually, Jeff comes to his senses and Gittins is arrested and his crime family dissembled. Jeff and Lisa begin a family and 20 years later are still happily married living in Cincinnati. Hey, how you doing? Hi. I'm, uh, I'm Jeff. Myra. Mm. Um, I was just wondering if, uh... I don't drink coffee. <laughs> Excuse me? I don't drink coffee and I don't date the men at my nude class. Mm. Okay. It's cool, you know. But you're a dancer, huh? What? You dance, right? Well, how did you know that? Because you have posture like a dancer, you know? Back up, right, shoulders down. Yes, actually, I am. I am a dancer. But we're on hiatus right now, so I just, I teach ballet part-time and I also model. That's cool. Well, see, actually, I was just wondering, because um, I'm finishing up my portfolio and I need a model. So I was wondering if maybe I could uh, hire you to pose. Strictly professional. Strictly professional. <laughs> you can keep your clothes on. Oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, you're so cute. <laughs> you didn't tell me you had a puppy. Oh, my God, he's adorable. <laughs> Miles is not quite a puppy. He's a wolf. You're kidding me, right? Nuh-uh. So what made your name a Miles? After the man himself. Miles Davis. What you know about Miles? I like Miles. Actually, I love Miles. You know what? Move over here for a second. Why don't you just let me do my thing? Excuse me, Mama. Go ahead. Do your thing. <laughs> So? So what? So what do you do? I'm an actor. Yeah, right. <laughs> what? What do you think I do? I think you're putting me on is what I think. Okay, okay. I'm a cop.
through it all, man. Blood, sweating, tears. Niggas is dead and shit. What the fuck else could happen, yo? I don't think much more, so I don't know, yo. Seen it all and been through it all, yo. That's how niggas know right now. Yo, the mother for real, for real. Queen B, baby. That's it, it's the truth. Lil' Kim. Yeah, G. All right. Yo. Blowing niggas with rusty ass German things Giving the thorough as I motherfucking claim the fame Throwing your wetsuit when it rains and pours and all Hit them with the fall, don't even know them from a hole in the wall Get at me, niggas wanna clap me Snitches wanna rap me, put it right where they back be Keep my guns close to me, enemies even closer Sending kites with the motor rollers, yo Give them the cold shoulder with a hollow tip to match Bad apple out of the bat, obsessed with gas Since a little dude eating niggas full buck fifties Niggas could kill me, but they coming with me How about that, send the queen bee to attack Only your fly bitch like that could leave him relaxed Rock him to sleep, make him think the drama is dead Yo, I smile up in your face, though I'm plotting instead Yo, it's the real shit, shit to make you feel shit Lump him in the club shit, have you out and out when you bump this Drugs to your eardrum, the war uncut Have a nigga OD, cause it's never enough Yo, it's the real shit, shit to make you feel shit Lump him in the club shit, have you out and out when you bump this Drugs to your eardrum, the war uncut Have a nigga OD, cause it's never enough Hot damn hole, here we go again Light as a rock, bitch, hard as a cop, bitch uh, This shit not for blocks, through hard tops In the parking lot, where my nigga rock Like the spark a lot My Brooklyn style speak for itself Like a wrestler, another notch under my belt The embezzler, chrome treasurer The UNO competitor I'm ten steps ahead of ya I'm a leader, y'all some following shit Coming in this game on some modeling shit just suck cock just to get to the top I put a hundred percent in every line I drop It's the Q to the B with the M-O-B-B Queensbridge, Brooklyn, and we D-double-E-P What? Y'all wish I lived the life I lived And yo, prodigy, uh, tell them what uh, this is, done Yo, it's the real yeah. shit, shit to make you feel shit Lump them in the club shit Have you out and out when you bump this Drugs to your eardrum, the war uncut Have a nigga OD, cause it's never enough Yo, it's the real yeah. shit, shit to make you feel shit Lump them in the club shit Have you out and out when you bump this Drugs to your eardrum, the war uncut Have a nigga OD, cause it's never enough I can never get enough of it Yo, that's my shit, I need that shit, to boost my adrenaline, you rock that shit, that real life shit, makes bitches wanna thug it, makes the projects love it, we come through like fuck it, y'all want problems, pursue it, let's do it, infamous small bosses, check out the portrait at the round table, my thun speaker with his twin ghosts, gangster how we rock, while you watch, attracted our style, this is how we get down, with big jewelry and big guns, we get busy, it get grisly, beat niggas bloody, twist niggas frontin', get to running. For the men's get the dumping, the fans get the dumping. MOBB got the whole spot jumping. When my niggas step uh, in the place, uh, damn, you gotta love it. The real shit, shit to make you feel shit. Lump them in the club, shit. Have you out and out when you bump this? Drugs to your eardrum, the war uncut. Have a nigga OD, cause it's never enough. Yo, it's the real shit, shit to make you feel shit. Lump them in the club, shit. Have you out and out when you bump this? Drugs to your eardrum, the war uncut. Have a nigga OD, cause it's never enough. Real baby, hip hop, hip hop, hip hop.